Hello everybody, it's Pastor James. Welcome back to the Midweek Bible Study. We are still in chapter 22 today, and from what we can read and understand, we're still in the same day as we've been in the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's still about five days left of Jesus' earthly life, so let's continue to read as Jesus continues to be questioned and challenged by the religious leaders of the day. So, Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 22 is where we will start out. So let's read this together and we'll talk a little bit. It says, Then the Pharisees met together to plot how they would trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent some of their disciples along with the supporters of Herod to meet with him. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. Why are you trying to trap me? Here's, <clears throat> show me the coin used for the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them and they went away. Okay, so probably the most alarming thing that you need to take notice of uh, in this short little passage is how the Pharisees and the supporters of Herod were willing to work together in order to trap Jesus. Now, it's not surprising since Jesus has just told three parables that made the religious leaders out to be sinful and evil people. Uh, but we need to remember how much the religious leaders and most of all of Israel in general would have hated Herod and uh, his leadership over them. Uh, while Herod was a descendant of Abraham, he was from the line of Ishmael, the son that was sent away before the birth of Isaac. And so he's not from the line of Isaac and Jacob and King David. So this meant that uh, Herod was an illegitimate king. He was an illegitimate ruler over the people of Israel. And you have to remember that Herod grew up with Romans. I mean, he ended he played with Caesar as a as a young child, and he was very supportive of Roman authority. And because of his support of Roman authority, this is why he was elevated in his leadership, and and he gets all of his authority from the Romans. So he's very supportive of that. So. The Israelites hated Herod, they hated his leadership, they hated the fact that he worked with the Romans and supported them. So with the Pharisees and Herod's supporters coming together as a team, it's a very unlikely team as they are trying to bring down Christ, but they have a common goal because they realize the dangers that it brings about for Jesus to be uh, taking away all of their following. I mean, when you think about the religious leaders, Jesus is having these vast numbers of people follow him in a religious manner. Also, for the supporters of Herod, if Jesus is the Messiah, then the people are ready to crown him as king. And you got to remember, on Palm Sunday, they were ready to crown him as their king. So, it is somewhat fitting as the topic of discussion is whether or not people should pay taxes or not that both are gathered together because the religious leaders openly oppose Roman authority as well as Herod's rule. Um, so they didn't like paying taxes. They didn't want to pay taxes either. So if Jesus says yes to paying taxes, then most of the people of Israel would hate him for it. But if he says no, that you should only pay God, then the Herodians 
or the supporters of Herod would be able to call him a rebel and arrest him for tax evasion and trying to start a rebellion. And it was a pretty clever trick. And in the other Gospels, you know, they it's a more specific question that is listed in other Gospels as in, should you pay, should you give to God or should you give to Caesar? They're making this ultimatum, like which one should you give to? But as always, Jesus knows the hearts and evil motives of all people. And this didn't mislead him at all. He's not fooled in the slightest. Jesus knows all things, and he knows exactly how to answer in the most simple and effective ways. He asks for a coin, and then asks whose picture and title is stamped on it. And this is important because even if they didn't like Rome or Herod or anything about their culture or circumstances at the time, they were more than willing to trade with the Roman currency of the day. They were all passing around Roman coins every single day. So even though they hated Rome, they hated the leadership, they hated Herod, they were very willing to accept Roman coin at any given time. And even in the temple, their offerings were were of Roman currency. So if you're willing to do this, then you should be able to be willing to pay taxes too. I mean, after all, Rome didn't care what you did with your money as long as you paid your taxes. I mean, that's the whole concept of it's what makes the world go round is that money being exchanged regularly and moving from hand to hand and taxes and and the temple, you know, offerings and stuff are all part of that process of money being exchanged. And because of this when Jesus says Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. It kind of amazed them, and it really shouldn't have. I mean, when you think about it, it's a very simple answer, but it did amaze them. And you have to remember that God establishes governments. He establishes kings. He establishes empires on the earth. And he also raises up the people to serve on their thrones and to serve in those leadership roles. And he gives authority to them for a short amount of time for a specific reason, to accomplish his goal. Now, God has always been about established government, and he's always promoted that his people should be good citizens of that government in order to promote and glorify God's name and their good representation. So by no means was Rome perfect, but Jesus still said, give to them what belongs to them. You're using their currency. You're using their coin that has their picture and title stamped on it. And this was enough to finally make them go away and leave him alone for just a short little bit. But in a moment later, these pesky pesky religious leaders, and this time it's going to be the Sadducees, are coming back to uh, ask him a question again. Okay, so let's read Matthew chapter 22, verses 23 through 33, and we're going to talk about the discussion on the resurrection. So that same day, Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question, Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children, so his brother married the widow. But the second brother also died and the third brother married her. This continued with all the seven of them. Last of all, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. 
But now as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living and not the dead. When the crowds heard him, they were astounded at his teaching. Okay, so we're definitely seeing these groups who are holding on to their authority for dear life uh, as Jesus uh, as they are approaching Jesus and trying to find a way to get rid of him. So in this passage, you see the Sadducees, who were considered a group of religious leaders, uh, but were by no means religious uh, in any way. It's kind of weird. They were the ones who held the office of the priesthood in the temple, and they were extremely wealthy people. They were a very small group of people, but just for example, um, as you read, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in heaven, didn't believe in angels. Um, There's all kinds of stuff that they really didn't believe in, and, and in fact, to be religious leaders, they were not very spiritual at all. So <clears throat> in this moment, they cornered Jesus with the question of who is, uh, who is this woman, who will she belong to in the resurrection? Um, who will she be married to? And this is quite humorous as they didn't even believe in the resurrection. And, and it's funny that they go to Jesus using something that they don't even believe in in order to trap him. Um, and as we said earlier, they, they also don't even believe in angels. So uh, when Jesus answers this question, he affirms the resurrection and he affirms the angels by saying that they will be like them by not being married or given in marriage. Uh, but they will exist solely for the singular purpose to glorify God and do his will. Now, it is really sad at how many times the Pharisees and now the Sadducees were mistaken in their understanding of the Scriptures. And this is very important for us to understand that um, you have religious leaders during this day whose their entire lives were devoted to the Scriptures, but at the same time, they did not understand the Scriptures. They didn't understand the true meaning. And they believed with all their heart that they were right, but they were sorely mistaken in their thought process. And another part of their mistakenness was not knowing the very power and authority of God. And so you have to remember they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in heaven, angels, miracles, basically anything beyond this physical world that could be felt, seen, or explained. So they did not believe in the power of God. And or the authority of God, and that's huge. And so, it's important to take note, even in this whole concept of why we're explaining this, that the Greek word for marry in this passage is not a normal marriage that you would just say, "Hey, let's get married." It's not that form of marriage, but it's referred to as the levirate marriage, which was the brother-in-law duty to provide an heir for their deceased brother. So, let's just say the oldest brother gets married. And he dies without having having an heir to his estate. Well, it's the younger brother's duty to marry his brother's wife, um, but it was not a normal marriage. It was a leveret marriage, which provided a descendant for his eldest brother so that that child could inherit the property, taking care of the uh, widow and taking care of all the land and everything that was passed down to their family. So... Um, and so it's one of those things that the Sadducees would have understood this. Jesus would have understood this. All the people listening would have understood this, that it was not your typical marriage. So it's not like, okay, you know, this person's married and this person's married and this person's married. Well, who, who gets to be married when we go to heaven? 
this story, in fact, was probably one that the Sadducees told many times to ridicule anyone who claimed that there was a resurrection or life after death because it would have been very, you know, kind of a complicated thing. It's like, well, I don't really know who who she'll be married to. And, and, you know, while we all believe in eternal life, you know, even sitting down and explaining heaven can be quite a perplexing thing. Uh, we, we know some things about heaven, but there's a lot of things about heaven that we don't know. We don't have any idea about. And so explaining that is, is really difficult. And so the Sadducees, or um, the biblical scholars, believe that the Sadducees would have used this story to kind of like ridicule and poke fun at people who claimed that there was a resurrection. It would be one of their examples they used to uh, thwart any kind of claim of that. Um, so this is uh, their go-to story, apparently, and they're trying to stump Jesus with their go-to story or example that there is a resurrection. But Jesus further responds by focusing on the resurrection and talking about how God is the God of the living and not the God of the dead. So this means that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all have to be alive for God to still be their God. But how do the dead live? I mean, you know that they that people die. Like, you all have buried family members. Like, you know that they're not here anymore. But they are resurrected in heaven, in eternity. And it's amazing at how many arguments are brought by people today trying to discredit God and stump Christians. You know, when you look at this process, the Sadducees are using this kind of silly story to try to stump Jesus, but Jesus isn't fooled. He knows all things. He knows heaven better than anyone. That's where he came from. And, and so, you know, as people, we have to understand that there are people out there today who are trying to stump Christians, trying to proclaim things, trying to ask questions that are really confusing and hard to answer questions. The problem is, is that many Christians, like these Sadducees, they just do not know their God well enough or the Scriptures well enough to refute their claims and challenges. And so when Jesus answers, he kn Jesus knows the Scriptures, He knows God, He knows eternity because that's where He came from, so He has an advantage that we don't have because He is the Son of God. But we as people have the ability to know the Scriptures and to know our God. We are called to know God, our Savior, and the Word so that we can answer questions like these offered by atheists, offered by agnostics, so that we can refute them. And guys, if, if you watch, there are people who devote their, their lives, they devote themselves to knowing God and knowing His Word because God has called them to do so, and whenever they are have the ability... They can answer a lot of these really hard questions because they've devoted themselves to knowing the answers, to knowing God, to knowing what the scriptures say to refute such questions. So today, I just want kind of want to challenge you guys. You know, every time that the the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Herodians or the Romans or anybody asked Jesus a question, there was never a time that Jesus didn't have the answer. And, and it wasn't something that was just limited to Jesus because he was the Son of God. You have to remember that even in the book of Acts, when the disciples take on this mantle to lead the church, and they're being questioned by the religious leaders, and they're being questioned by the Romans, you know, Jesus said, don't worry about what to say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say when needed. 
Even the disciples had the answers to all the questions when they were being asked because they devoted themselves to the teaching of the Word, to prayer, to knowing God, and they relied on the power of the Holy Spirit to answer any questions that came their way um, as needed. And so, guys, today, I just want to challenge you as we finish up and just you need to know that you need to devote your life to knowing your God and knowing His Word. And if you do, you'll be able to answer any questions that come your way, questions that your kids may ask, questions that your grandkids may ask, questions that coworkers may ask. There's all kinds of tough questions out there, and they really are hard. But what's amazing is, is if you watch some of these apologists, some of these people who, who have devoted their lives to studying the Word of God and answering some of these questions, there's answers for most of these questions. We just have to be willing to look and find out what they are and be willing to have these hard conversations with people. Under our own knowledge and power, we can't do it. We can't answer these questions. We're not smart enough. We, we don't live long enough to see it played out over time. But we serve a God who's eternal. He's been here since the beginning of time. He's the one who created it. And through Him and through His Word, we can answer and rebuttal anything that an atheist or agnostic or uh, a Satanist or anything may may ask or suggest in any way that God can give us the answers to refute them. So, guys, I just want to challenge you today. Um, make a commitment in your life to study God's Word. Make a commitment in your life to know your God so that you can know Him, to seek out and to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can answer tough questions, so that you can live for the Lord, so that you can be like Jesus in these moments and represent Him well so that when other people hear your answers, that they too will be amazed. Not because of your power, ability, or intelligence, but because of God's. Because you sought out God, and He gave you the ability to do what you've been called to do. And that's to represent Him well. Alright? Let's pray together and I'll let you go. Father in Heaven, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you for life and thank you for the ability to serve you and to live for you. And God, I just pray that you would uh, speak into our hearts and lives. Help us to honor you. And Lord, just help us to seek your face. Help us to know you, to know your word, and uh, to be devoted to prayer. And God, to be filled with your Holy Spirit so that when times come, we can represent you well. When people ask questions, we can answer those questions. And Lord, to just uh, have trust and faith in you, that you will give us the answers and you will show us the way. Lord, we love you and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another week. We love you. We're praying for you. If you can't come in person, uh, catch us on Facebook, YouTube, or the, listen to the podcast. And uh, we hope you have a great week.